This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode here. I'm your host, Ryan England, and I've got a couple of guests here that I'm really excited to talk about because so often I meet people that are coaching other people how to get this done, how to get out of their business, how to create success, and they've never really done it themselves. Not these two guys. These two guys have built some amazingly successful businesses in the outdoor living space, and we're going to talk about what they've learned and what things you can do in your business to help you achieve some of the same incredible results they have. So I'd love to welcome to the show today, Dwayne Drawn and Joshua Gillo. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Ryan, for having me. Yeah. So I always start out with this first question. What is the biggest myth in your industry? And I don't want you to just limit it to outdoor living spaces. Let's talk about just the trades in general, anybody that's in that construction space. What is the biggest myth? The biggest myth in our industry or industries in general is that if you work in your business for most of your life, that one day you're going to retire rich. That's the bullshit people are thinking. So break that down for me. You talk about working in the business. What are you talking about? So showing up every day as your best employee, owning the company and thinking that you're going to just work like maybe your grandparents did on the farm. You're going to work and work and work. And one day you're going to open up your bank account and there's going to be tons of money in there. And that's just not the reality of it, right? That's not the reality of life and the reality of owning your job, like working in your business, right? Once you flip the script and start working on your business, that all changes. Love what you said there. Like, it's a job, right? Like you wake up and you go to work for yourself every single day versus creating an asset and creating this value and leveraging other people to make it happen. So tell me a little bit, how did you guys take that concept of in versus on your business and create the incredible businesses that you guys have. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it really started when I was much younger I grew up in a garden center at five years old, started in business, family business, and kind of grew through that selling things and getting used to helping people and all that good stuff. But I worked in the business, right. As the family business, then we started a landscaping company, my brother, my father and I, and I worked in that business as well. And I was not really aware of it at the time, but working a little bit on it, but mostly in it. Mm. Fast forward that 15 years, we kept hitting this glass ceiling, couldn't get through it, couldn't break that million dollar line. And eventually I realized in order to do that, I just start working on the business, not in the business, right? So that started to change. It really worked out well. I started another company where we focused more on the design and the management portion of the industry. And I shattered right through that in no time. But it's because I started working on the business, not in it as much. As soon as I started that, I started hiring people to do the things that I was doing so that I could focus on the growth and the trajectory to be the captain of the ship, not the one running around throwing the coal in the engine. You know what I mean? So it's constantly changing your roles to get to a point where you're actually managing a company and an actual entity and not working in the business, doing the day-to-day task and trusting. Big thing, Ryan, is trust that other people can do it and not just do it, but do it a hell of a lot better than you. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say the change came from really educating yourself and educating your mind because we all talked about this in our podcast a few months ago. It's that the trades were such a powerful thing back then. And we were also sort of looked down upon and you look down upon yourself. 
But when we were working our businesses, we did not feel right unless we were the ones working. Like we were the physical Wilboro pusher. Like I bragged about, I think before I met my wife, I think I worked like 67 days straight. And that was like a hoorah, hoorah brag. You know what I mean? Like I'm working hard and educating yourself and understanding that who, not how, those type of books hanging around, I mean, proximity is power, hanging around the right people. And then you start educating yourself and you realize that maybe I need to start doing this another way. Maybe I need to start bringing people in who can do this better than me and then start just educate them or motivate them. And you can sort of pull away from the business. And that's sort of what I did. When I look back in the terms of years, this is why I'm so passionate about teaching. I actually have more years of that physical work than I do have of the years now that I have the management work. So I'm like, I want to help change this for people. I think that's great. So what is the thing that's holding most people back from this? I mean, I get right now we could go down the hiring path, right? Like you can't leverage and find people you can trust if hiring so hard. And that's probably a different conversation, but I think there's something that comes before that. I think there's something that comes before people. And we were talking about this briefly before we started recording this show. Talk to me a little bit about what you think is the number one thing holding businesses back. I want to start on just call it mindset in general. And the more I've understood and studied 80% of what we think in our minds is what we become. So like I was saying in the beginning, we're never thinking that let's hire people, let's bring them in. We're always thinking I got to pay that next bill or I can do the job. Nobody can do it better than me. Nobody can talk to the client better than me. So until we release that out of our minds, a lot of the businesses are always going to say the same way. It doesn't really matter what industry you're in. You know what I mean? If you just keep that mindset that you're the only one or you're going to go broke, if you bring somebody in, you're going to get stuck in that rhythm and that pattern. And it's going to stay that same way. And that's sort of what needs to change first is to change the mindset, then start working everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. You've only got so many hours in a, in a day or in a week. And even if you're billing an insane amount at the top of the market, you're going to put a limit on what you can make and what your business can do if you don't figure out how to get out of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. End of the day, Ryan, that's a good point. Now, most business owners out there, a lot of them start out as the actual workers, right? They got a hobby and all of a sudden it becomes their business. And what happens is they get stuck in that role, right? Then they have a really hard time changing what they do because they've always promoted their way of doing things to their clients. And then all of a sudden now, if they put somebody else in a place, they would do it differently. So they don't have systems and processes in place. They just do it the way they do. So how can you trust somebody to go out and do you? right? That doesn't work. So oftentimes that's too big of a mountain to climb. So they just stay away from it and say, all right, well, I'll bring somebody in and I'll just have them do this stuff behind me. And I always have to be the front of the company. But the problem is you can only go so far. If you want to take a vacation, the company stops growing. It stops moving. It just doesn't work that way. The big thing for business owners after they've been doing it a while is trust issues. That's a huge one. Trusting that others are going to do it the same, or like I mentioned before, better than, which is the case. Believe it or not, we have to put our egos, which is the second piece here, put those aside. Because as for the mindset, as Dwayne was talking about, it's really so much, especially the males out there, they're driven by ego. And like, if I'm not doing, I want to be the face of the company. I want to be sitting in that truck. I want people to be looking at me. I'm the one that's building this empire. But step back, step back and realize that the bigger goal is to empower that team. Because as a business owner working on your business, it'd be great to be able to do that from a beach or while running five other companies or being at your kid's soccer game. That's the cool part. That's the success. Not having 50 guys looking at you saying, boss, what's next? Or 85 trucks in a row with your name on it where you can point at your friends and say, I own that. It's the team behind it that really drives the engine of the business. Yeah, the best leaders are creating that team and empowering them and equipping them with what they need to make it happen. 
I'm so passionate about process and systems. And you'd mentioned that briefly, but most of the stuff that a business owner I see happening, most of the stuff they're doing, they're stretched in a hundred different directions. And when you hire somebody and you say, 100% of your focus is on this, doing the work, taking care of the customer, 100% of your focus is on managing my finances. They can do it so much better because they're not constantly putting on different hats and taking them off and switching gears and going from dealing with an upset customer to a sales meeting to designing the next project. They don't have to keep shifting those gears. They can just focus, stay in their lane, and it, it can be so much more productive. 100%. Yeah, we do like some of our marketing is actually story-based. And lately with the new staff we're bringing in, I actually gave some work to one of the staff members and it was just amazing how fast they were able to knock it out, focus on it and just get it done that way. And me, I would do it, but it'd take me three, four or five days to get it right. And I had to have a proofread and it was done like within an hour and a half because I gave it to, because now it was full focus on them to do that. It was just amazing how much faster that was. It's almost like you can't afford not to hire people. Yeah. Well, you guys make it sound so easy to just stop working in the business, start working on the business. But I know sometimes in practice, it's not that easy to get owners out. Like, cause they do, they wear that. I work 70 hours a week, kind of like a a badge of honor. Like I used to have this job working for someone else for 40, 45, but now I go work for myself. I work 60 and they're like excited about it. So what's one of the first steps, like the thing that maybe you guys went through it, or maybe you coach some of your clients through it. What's one of the first steps people can make to start down that path of shifting that mindset so they can start working on the business instead of in it? Let me throw this out. Let me make this as simple as possible and not make it a technical answer. I believe, and this is actually what I did do, is the first position that I actually brought in was sort of like an assistant. And Mm. it was a tough job for the assistant because the assistant was really working for somebody who really didn't know how to hell to show the assistant what to do. So the assistant's job was sort of how to learn how to pick up, take over, figure out things to do and make it easier. And then we slowly got into a rhythm. And after the rhythm was created, then a lot of stuff was taken off my plates. I mean, I'm a guy who's living a life right now where I don't even check my emails. I don't really check my junk emails anymore. That's something my assistant does and goes through and deletes all that stuff first. And then I actually take the meat of the emails. And I may not be an expert on this, but it's work for me is bring that assistant in, start taking that little stuff off my plate, start freeing me up, give me some other stuff to do. And then I can focus and start bringing in some of the big guns. And at least that's what I think. I think that's great. It got me thinking though. one of the things you said was it didn't work out super easy right in the beginning. Like it took you a while because you didn't know how to have an assistant. And I see that happen often where somebody will hire one of me, one of their first employees and it doesn't work out the first day. And they're like, see, I knew it wasn't going to work. And they give up and they throw it out and they say, I'm not going to do this again. But it sounded like it took you some patience and some trial and error to really figure that out. How long should people be patient for this to figure out how to bring someone in and really help them with the business, especially if they've never done it before? To be honest with you, my experience was I often like to have things planned out. I'm a systems and guy. Like I want to lay everything out and plan things out. But When it comes to hiring the first person, it was on faith, brother. It was on faith. Mm. I'm like, I don't have all the answers right now. I just know that I can't keep going the way I'm going now. So I started writing out things that I did every day. I just started writing lists. Here's what I do every day. And I like to track what I would do for one week or two or three. I don't even remember, but it was a pretty decent amount of time. And I started seeing some similarities, things I was doing over and over again. I'm like, well, I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be answering the phone. I don't need to be answering this email. I don't need to be scheduling projects. Like certain things started becoming more more evident that I didn't need to be doing. 
And then once that was the case, I'm like, you know what? Here you go. We're going to have to figure it out. I've never had somebody in the office the first time around to help that with that. So we just went together on faith and said, we're going to figure this out together. And I told her when she come on, I said, look, if you're looking to get on a train, punch in a ticket, fall asleep for a while and just head down the tracks because everything's lined up for you, you know exactly what we're going to do every single day and this kind of thing, I said, it was probably not the right job for you. I said, but if you're really ready to sit down in this dune buggy, put on your seatbelt and go across the dunes with me and back and forth and up and down and day and night, if that's something you're in for, let's do this thing because I don't have the answer. I am not the leader yet that has all the answers. I'm getting there. My mindset is always ready, fire, aim, right? So I'm like, we know we have to, I need this. We know this has to be done. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. If not, you get stuck in analysis paralysis. I see this with a lot of our students where they don't know what to do first. What should I do first? What should I do first? I don't have any help. I don't have any assistance. And I'm like, start writing lists, start writing lists of the things you do on a daily basis and put in a list of this lights me up. I can't wait to get up and start this in a day. And this other side is I'd be happy if I never had to do that stuff again. And then find somebody that that lights them up the stuff you don't want to do. And next thing you know, everybody's happy. Yeah. It takes a certain amount of humility to be able to do that though. To be able to say, hey, we're going through the dune buggy together. And guess what? If we roll the dune buggy, I'm going to ask you to get out and help me flip it back over because we're so focused on this together. You know, it reminds me what you were talking about with the systems and processes. And this is probably more for the listeners that are a little bit more technical in nature. But I remember Mike Michalowicz describing in his book, Clockwork, one of the easiest ways to document your systems. He's like, take your phone, set it up, point it at your screen, point it at the work you're doing, whatever, wear a GoPro, whatever it is. And just think out loud while you're doing the work and record it. And then take that recording and say, hey, here's your training. You're going to watch me do it while I think out loud what I'm going through. And it's almost something that people can do intuitively because they just have to remember, think out loud. And then they can document all their processes. Yeah. We actually had our assistants start making the processes for us based upon how they see it. So we'll take it, we'll tweak it. And then based upon how they see it and saw it. So we actually have a a lot of different processes that was created by the assistants. That's great. I know the word process. I guarantee it. People are listening to this right now. Some of your listeners like, oh my God, oh, I can feel the hair in the back of my neck stand up. Like, I hate that idea. It feels like I'm constrained in a box. Like, where's the creativity come in? I feel like it's the mundane task every day of doing this, doing that. And crazy part is, guys, it's a hell of a lot easier when you create systems and processes and you manage the system and processes versus the people doing them. So once you come up with a standard, even if it's very basic, a certain thing you do each and every day, right? And then you hand that off to somebody, then you're managing the process. So you're not blaming them for doing it wrong because the process is at fault, right? Unless they totally screw it up, of course, but it's like, it's a process. Okay. The process didn't work. Maybe we need to take step nine and put it before step eight. Try that. See if that works. Eventually when you're hiring five or six people to do the same process, they're all firing the same thing. It's like McDonald's. It's a production line. And that's, that's the beautiful part of it, but they can add their own creativity to those things as well. So Having that, starting out, spending a little bit of time writing down what you do on a day-to-day basis, and then starting to systemize it or standardize it as your standard, that'll start the entire process. Then you'll start your mind also go like, hmm, if I can do that, what else could I give up? If I can do that, what else can I give up? Yeah. And you're not talking about like this step-by-step, like if they got to enter something into a CRM or into their jobs management platform, it's not like click this box, then type this, then click this box. You're just saying, hey... What's the 20% of the work that gets us 80% of the results? That's correct. Which is, you know what? Put them into our management platform. That's it. That's one step of the process. How you do that, that might be a different training, but it's just do that. Or it's 
call the customer back within 24 hours. Yep. I'm not going to tell you how to call them back or what time to call them back. Like we don't get that detailed. It's just call them back. And we make these processes really simple. We have some specifics, like the way things are loaded into the CRM system. It has to be loaded in exactly the same way every single time, but they're easier process. It doesn't take rocket scientists. I mean, we have it all spelled out and we actually have our CRM. We create it to where it's like a flow. So you got to go one spot to the next spot, then certain things are required. So it has to work that way. So it is very specific, but it works. And maybe because that's that little anal in me, you know I mean like I can't have the last name, not with the capital letter, <laughs> you know what I mean? I will lose my brain. So yeah, I, yeah. those some things just got to be right. <laughs> but to that point, those are preference things sometimes, like they're preference things. And I'm sure we all have it. They're must, not preference. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you're working for Dwayne, you got to capitalize the last name. Okay, yeah, that's must. it. Yeah. And the home address is not the work address. It's not. It's the home address. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So take notes. If you're applying for a job to work with Dwayne, there are some rules. But for the most part, I think what happens is people get hung up and they think process. Oh, my gosh, I got to have this manual that's like 30 pages long to tell them how to do this. And I'm not even that detailed. And so I think they get hung up. But I love what you said, Joshua, about we coach this a lot because Human beings make mistakes. And if you're struggling to hire, it's usually because we set a standard for human beings that's above what human beings are really capable of, which is perfection. I got to be able to trust them right out the gate. I got to like them. My customers got to like them. If we build great processes and we know the processes work and the people follow the processes and something breaks, we get to turn to the process. I'm turn to the people. Now, if the people aren't following the process, that's different. That's a different issue. But I would say the majority of the time when someone fails at their job, it's because of a broken process, not because of a broken person. I agree. And think about from the employer and team member standpoint is they then have a standard to go by. Oftentimes they want to succeed. Most of them do, right? Let's just keep that as a standard. They all want to succeed, right? And when you give them a set of rules to follow, to go through, it's like you're playing a game, like a football game or a baseball. There's certain rules in order to be considered a winner, right? You got to do certain things in order to win. Well, with systems and processes, you can lay that out as well. They know they did a great job when they get this result and they followed the process to get there. And it's the same process everybody else follows so that they can all have a conversation around that. You know, I'm going to throw another angle at you here, which I found very powerful for our business. Now, I remember hearing or reading in a book or something where McDonald's said, look, I want to be able to hire a $7 an hour person and be able to give them a task that anybody can do, run a gigantic company like that. They're doing a small part of it, but that it's so process and system driven that anybody could do it is their point. You could come in drunk, you could come in high and you could figure it out, right? Because it's just that simple. It's a one step, two step, three step thing, right? So what I don't do is my memory is not fantastic. So when it comes to our very more complicated projects that we're doing outdoor living projects where we have hundreds of different moving parts throughout this entire project, which might span six months to a year in a client's home, right? So with that being the case, instead of me, and what I wasn't good at before, it's going through the entire project, building it in my head, thinking of everything that could happen, making sure all my RFPs out to my partners and subcontractors are coming back fully loaded with everything I need in them. I had to constantly do that and do that. It took a ton of ton of brain space to do that every time to just shut the world down and focus on building a project that we haven't even started yet. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing it that way, and I did that for years, it was just too much. I said, what if I spun it around back to process 
and wrote down every possible thing that could happen during that, or I would need, or a question I would have, or something that might come up during, say, construction of a deck, or a patio, or a roof, or a pool, or landscaping, whatever it might be outside, right? If I had every single thing, so instead of remembering everything, I could just take the things off that weren't pertinent to this project. So I'd have to think anymore. So I go down through like the electrical, wait a minute here. That's right. I do need one electrical outlet to over by the grill. Thank goodness I had that there because my mind is in three other projects, right? So by having a list of everything that could possibly be, and it's always being added to, right? Possibly be asked. I could then forfeit some of those that don't pertain to this project as opposed to trying to remember those small details. And by doing that through all of our processes, and that's how we have all of our RFPs set up now. When a team goes through them, like, nope, 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 yep, yep, nope, nope, yep, yep. They don't have to think anymore. Yeah. And I, I love it. I had a mentor real early on in my career tell me that the brain is meant for processing, not for storage. Absolutely. 100%. And it took me a while to really just comprehend that because I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I got to store some of the stuff I'm processing. But the more that I write down, the more I create systems and processes, the easier things became because I could take my brain and use it for that creative side of the job. The creative side of the work. How do I build it? How do I grow it? You know, Ryan, we could probably take this to a whole nother podcast. I agree with both of you guys on that, but I'm actually still amazed at what the brain, what the brain is actually being loaded up with. Like, I cannot believe the amount of information that I'm loading up my brain and it's taking it and storing it and remember it. So I hear what you guys are saying, but this brain is just loaded up right now. Yeah. One of the things that we deal with, because my hiring process is so much focused on marketing and how do you promote? How do you do that? And the biggest thing, we were talking about this a little bit before, how do you cut through all the noise, right? It's so noisy right now. And this is the problem with the brain. And it's not really designed for handling the volume of noise that we get. So there was a study done that said the average Gen Z, so think of 25 years and younger right now, they receive more advertisements, right? In a 30-day period from just everything. Then the greatest generation, so their grandparents, great-grandparents got in their whole lifetime. Wow. That's just a lot of volume of information and not everything is going to stick. Mm-hmm. You don't remember every single ad you saw on social media or every single spam email that came through. Like a lot of that stuff, we've had to teach our brains to let that stuff go because if we don't, we're never going to be able to hold on to all the volume. And so how do you cut through all that noise? And how do you help your employees cut through all that noise? And then how do you as the owner cut through all that noise? And I think a lot of it is get a lot of that stuff out of your brain so that it can retain and process the good stuff, the stuff that you need to really grow the business. And Ryan, I'm going to add to that. Since there's so much clutter and so much, look at me, sparkly things looking around, right? Instead of thinking about how do they see you, focus on having them feel you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm through your words, through your delivery? How do you have your future team members, your clients, your customers, how do they feel you? That changes the game. Sure. So we talked a lot about mindset. We've talked a lot about creating these systems and processes. How do people get started in this? Because I mean, I hear this and I'm thinking back to when, if I was 15 years ago getting started in my business, I'd be like, awesome stuff, guys. (laughs) what's that step I have to take? Like, do I need training? Do I need a mentor? Do I need a coach? How do I consume some of this information that can help me with building this? 
we're going to try to answer this, but that's really going to be a tricky question. That really is a tricky question because it all depends on where your mindset is, even at the time when you do start this. And it depends on what you know and you don't know. I remember when I first started this whole business thing and I would see all these extra things that I need to add and I would get stressed out. I'm like, I'm not even a business owner. I mean, I would lose my mind when I go to that class and it was talking about how to set up workman's comp and all of this stuff. I remember reading that. I'm like, I just don't want to own a business. This is not for me. This is bullshit. You know what I mean? But what happened is you're in it and you start building, you work and you realize, okay, I can do this. I can do that. But one thing I want to say is one of the best things to do is you got to sort of get outside the business and hit some immersive training. You mean like Tony Robbins, UPW, Unleash the Power Within, that will shake you to your soul. Landmark Forum to understand how to basically center your mind, get your mindset down to zero and start becoming me one with the universe and understanding that right now, this is the Super Bowl of my life. I live my entire life to be on this podcast right here, right now. This is the most important thing in my life. And then whoever's listening to this at the moment they're listening to it, that's their most important time in their life. So understanding those mindsets, when you get into that, you can start building upon there and going from that spot. That was great. So there are experts out there. There are organizations out there that this is all they do. You mentioned Landmark and Tony Robbins, and they really help you get clear on that mindset and being present so that you can focus on the things that are the most important things. And so taking advantage of those opportunities and those experiences that are out there. Did I hear that right, Dwayne? That is correct. Yes. Awesome. How about you, Joshua? Yeah, I would back that up as well. That was one of the biggest shifts, a catalyst in my life was to start working on the inner game, the scariest frontier you'll ever get into. Most times business owners, we keep ourselves busy because we truly don't want to dive deep inside of our souls. We want to keep ourselves busy with tons of stuff. And that's why we don't hire people because if we don't hire people, then we are doing everything and we can stay in the focus of the fact I have to do this. You know, if I don't, then the whole business fails. Once you hire people, you put on a different hat. You now have to be a leader, right? And that leader requires work. And the sad part is most, especially men are scared to death to look inside of themselves. That six inches of real estate between their ears scares the out of them. So they just they stay away from them. They stay busy. So they never have to face that. But once you look that mindset, old mindset, whatever you want to call it, look yourself in the eye and realize that you got to work on you first. And that's where these immersive events really impact people around the world. Once you've done that work and you go inside and you realize you don't know anything about who you are and why you exist and what you're here to do and how you're going to serve and why anyone out there would give any of their precious life time to you under your business as a team member, why anyone would ever give that time to you? You can't answer that quickly. Why would they come work for you? Dude, why would they come work for you? It's that simple. If you're not offering that and you don't know that at the tip of your tongue and you don't know that within your being of what you're here to do and why you're here, no one else is gonna see it either. And if you're playing with that head trash constantly in your head and you just don't know and you're faking it till you make it and all that kind of dude, you're always gonna hit a plateau and you're always gonna stop and you're gonna blame the world for it. But the reality is you gotta look in the mirror And you got to say, I got to work on you first. And once I get you figured out, or at least in the right direction, now I can finally empower other people to live their best lives. I think that's great. I coach a lot of clients around. A lot of the stuff we do, you'd mentioned make your marketing, make them feel, right? And it's about creating this connection, this sense of belonging, especially when you're building a team. And I have people tell me all the time, like, Ryan, this is way too touchy-feely. I'm sure there are people right now like, Joshua, I get it. Way too touchy-feely for me. I'm a rough, tough construction guy or whatever. I'm like, no, it's called emotion. And it's called getting in touch with our emotions and understanding that human beings are emotional creatures. And I've heard the argument before, no, they're not, not my guys. My guys aren't emotional creatures. 
And I always ask them, when's the last time one of your guys or one of your customers or one of your GCs cursed you out? Oh, I mean, not even days, minutes ago. Like, it's called emotion. <laughs> We're just channeling the wrong ones, right? Like, let's get really clear on what's important to people and how we can do this. And I love what you said about just looking in the mirror and saying, I got to work on you first. But yeah, mindset is so critical in all this. And Dwayne, what you said, we probably couldn't even do is just a series of shows on mindset and how important this is and dive deep into it. But for those people that are out there that are listening, like, okay, this sounds good. What's the next step? I heard you guys mention Tony Robbins, Landmark Forum, and, and there's other groups out there. There's local ones, there's national ones. You can even find mentors that are really good at this stuff. But this is something that you guys work on too, right? You guys have students in a program absolutely that yeah. can go through this and can get exposed to this. Tell me a little bit about your program and then let the listeners know how they can get in touch with you. I appreciate that. So yeah, I did it the hard way. I know Dwayne did in the beginning too. Our goal was, hey, we were we own businesses. We that was a big, if you will, patch on our shirt. It was a cool part, like a business owner. I stand out, got an identity, all that kind of stuff. The problem is that oftentimes that identity starts running your life and you don't you forget who you are and you just have to be whatever the business needs. But at the end of the day, what I found and it took me years to realize this is why the hell should I try to figure everything out? We talked about processes and, and systems over this podcast. And for years, I thought I had to make my own, reinvent the wheel every time. Mine are better. You guys don't understand how I work, blah, blah, blah. The reality that I found eventually was that if I would hire a coach, hire a mentor, I could get there a hell of a lot faster. They'd be like, no, Josh, don't do it this way. Do it this way. I know because I did it that way for five years and it didn't work. Well, okay, cool. You just saved me five years of my precious life. Thank you. So hiring mentors, getting around people, coaches, things like that. You do that for sports. Why the hell wouldn't you do it for your business? It's that simple. So our program, we came together after you know, all these years in the business. We have a similar business model and we see our industry just struggling, trying to figure these things out, how to communicate with clients, how to design cool spaces. And we're getting sick and tired of going out and talking to clients that are only looking to do something simple like a paper patio. It's like, seriously, like it's not that it's a bad thing, but who the hell wants to go out on a sunny day and sit in the sun baking on a paper freaking patio? Nobody does. What they want is an extension of their living space. They want a space they can be comfortable and share memories in and create those special moments with their family. Let's have that conversation with our clients, right? So we've done that over the years and we found that so many in the industry aren't. So we said, what if we try to help them have that conversation? So now we train people in our industry, in the design build world, how to have a conversation with their clients, not just to sell them shit, but to have a better idea of what really gets them excited. What's their bigger why for doing the project? How can we make sure as the guide in the conversation, not the hero here, that we can guide them to the best solutions and tell them when they're getting close to something that doesn't make sense for them and guide them away from that? Because let's face it, the kind of work that we do, you might do once or twice in a lifetime. So a client is not looking for someone to say, just build me a patio. What they want is someone to help them through this process. So that's what we've come down to doing in our own practices now. And now we're teaching across the country, you know, people in our industry, how to do that and how to have that conversation, how to get budget, how to tell a client, no, we're not a good fit. Not just take everything that comes in the door because they called you, right? So it's having that conversation by the end to really create a win-win environment for those clients so they don't have to keep going through the phone book, if you will. So how do people find out about this program that you guys have? Yeah, so we have a couple of different ways to do that. One is that we have a podcast as well. It's called Outer Spaces. You can check us out on any platform, Outer Spaces Podcast. You can go online, outerspacespodcast.com. We have a conversation like this weekly, Dwayne and I, with all kinds of cool people like Ryan. That's how we met you, right? 
And we also have a website, yes.express. There's no.com in there. So yes.express, you'll find us there. And also we have for any listeners here, we actually have a free bootcamp. Take a look in the show notes. You'll see it down there. You can click in and you can get a little taste of what we do, who we are as people. And if you find value in there and you're like, hey, this would be great. I can see this being a real launch for my company, then reach out to us. We'd love to have you on board and talk and make sure we're a good fit and then help you take your business to the next level. Uh, Joshua, I think that's great. Any closing thoughts? Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up? This is actually a little bit outside. I wanted to say in the beginning, we were going to talk about it. One of the biggest takeaways about our industry. And one of the biggest hangups I have to say right now that's going in my head is like people think what we do is just landscaping. And there's this mindset about it behind it as if it doesn't add value to the home. I mean, it's just something fresh in my head. I was actually speaking at an event like two weeks ago, and it was something that I was speaking upon. It's actually getting more interior decorators to start working with exterior contractors and start building some synchronization between the two. And so it's that's sort of one of the takeaways. In the beginning, we were talking about it, and I think we flipped from, you mean, that straight into processes, and I didn't get to say it, and it was just burning me up for a while, that the outdoor living does have a lot of value. It actually is the place that has the feeling. And it can help you feel because the space changes every day, every hour. The temperature changes, the wind blows, the birds chirping, the cars driving by. It's one of the best places in the house. And actually, it's the place that's going to give you more value if you're swamped out in a home remodel with the kitchen and a bedroom and it's all done. The best place to have it done is the outdoor living space, but it has to be designed and done correctly. I love what you said there. And it's actually something that we work with our clients on when we develop their core story is nobody is buying the actual service that you sell. Nobody is buying the pavers. Nobody's buying the swimming pool. They're buying the memories that they can create around it. They're buying that extension of the living space. They're buying those other things that are emotionally tied to that. And it's really important, especially from my perspective, when you're building a team, that the people on your team buy into that same emotional purchase that your customers have. And so there's so much to that. I know, Dwayne, we could go in other, other shows on this. I'm but... taking notes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to go out to the gentlemen in the group that are listening, right? We talked about this throughout this podcast so far about being open with emotion. And most guys don't want to touch that with a 300 foot pole, right? Because you're a p- if you lean into your emotions or if you cry, you show weakness, your fear of someone judging you. And it's only in that time when you realize that vulnerability is a superpower that you actually start showing up for yourself and you start putting on those clothes, if you will, or that armor of masculinity, like I have to be strong. I have to do this because let me break it down for you. Your wife, your children, your team, they want a leader that they can connect with. Not someone who tells them what to do. They need to feel you as well. And they feel you when you share that you don't have all the answers because as men, we're programmed to be strong. Don't cry. That's The closer you are and connected to your emotion, the stronger leader you become. Everybody that I look up to as mentors and all that have figured this out. And it's something that took me most of my life to figure out. That once you finally embrace that and realize emotion is power and not something to be feared or put under the rug, that's when you can truly grow. And that's when a team will collect behind you and say, all right, leader, where are we going? Mm -hmm. It's a huge piece of this. Yeah, that's a huge shift. And that's a shift that I've seen when our clients make that shift, that it just transforms not just their business, but their personal life too. Like 
They get everything. They get their cake and they get to eat it too. But the one thing I do know is that for a lot of people, and this just doesn't matter. This is business owners in general. This is our baby. We built this business, blood, sweat, and tears from the ground up. It's our baby. And I struggle with other people taking care of my baby, right? And that's an emotional decision. It's an emotional hangout that's keeping us from moving forward. But I think that there are people out there that can support you. I mean, you guys have great programs. You'd mentioned some programs. I mean, our program is all about how do you become a company that attracts great talent? Like people want to work with you. We have one client that says, we are at a point now where people have to work with us. Like they see us and they're like, I have to be a part of that team. Not I want to anymore, I have to. And it's that mindset shift that's so critical. So, hey guys, thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure we'll do it again here in the future. Dwayne's taking notes. He's probably going to have a whole bunch of ideas for other ways we can take this. So I'm looking forward to that. Thanks again, guys, for being here. And thank you so much for your candid, honest feedback and thoughts on this matter. Ryan, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. And we'd come back on any time. If we can just shift one person's thinking to have them live a more happy, joyful life with their family and their business and fall back in love with their business. I mean, hell, I'd be here every day for you. Awesome. Same here. I'm game. Thanks, Dwayne. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.